1: Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on this glorious football Friday of the playoffs. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Huntsworth here with you from 9 to Noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show in the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, John Daigle with his favorite prop plays for Super Wildcard Weekend. But first, we have some breaking news that just went down uh, less than an hour ago, and it involves a brand-new head coach with the New England Patriots and their selection, maybe not a surprise per se, but still significant nonetheless, Gerard Mayo will be taking over the reins from Bill Belichick he played eight seasons with the Patriots won a Super Bowl as a linebacker and ever since he's spent his entire coaching career in New England learning under Bill Belichick he becomes the Patriots first black head coach and at 37 years of age the youngest head coach currently in the NFL so Joe what was your immediate reaction when you heard the announcement?
2: I don't know if Mail's going to be any good, but Patriots have to be uh, thinking they're lucky stars that BB held on this long because otherwise, according to all reports, it was going to be Josh McDaniels for years, right? Like he was going to be the guy or he was the guy in waiting and it was going to be him. Now it's been kept under the radar. It was widely suspected. That's why mail was the favorite to get this gig. That mail became the next guy in waiting. And that was obvious. And we we addressed yesterday how it's really felt like Belichick has taken back his organization. Like he's taken – rather, Kraft has taken back his organization and the power and how things are run a little bit. And he's the guy. Of course, he's the owner. He has final say in everything. But he's the guy that really wanted Mayo to, to stick around, gave him the extension. And I'm sure this conversation was had. I mean, it, it, it's obvious. Like this decision was made – They'll we'll hear probably, oh, it was made this year. I think it was made a couple of years ago. Like, how long have we been connecting the dots and hearing about it? So, I mean, you come out one day and you have the press conference saying goodbye to Bill. You have the nice photo op. And then you take questions a couple hours later. And then the next morning, it breaks that you have your head coach. I mean, they did not hold these interviews yesterday. This has been the plan all along.
0: Yeah, and Ian Rappaport was saying the same thing this morning that, you know, this was the plan within the building. There was all this talk about Vrabel, but inside the building in New England with the Patriots, they knew it was going to be Gerard Mayo, and that's what everyone was talking about. I think it'll be cool to see how he handles this. Like, I don't know a lot about him. Never met the guy, but it sounds like the players love him. It's going to be a totally different vibe from Bill Belichick, but also he learned from Bill defensive guy, so I'm curious to see how much he cleans house, who stays, who goes, who's going to be the quarterback, like the division is competitive, a lot of pressure as well for him.
1: Certainly a lot of pressure, and I think when you're looking at, say, what he represents, uh, it's sort of a a bridge of, of sorts, right? Like, yes, he does represent the Bill Belichick regime, and I think Robert Kraft certainly wanted that, and he does do that. And he also gets along well with the players, you know, he... What, he isn't that far removed from his playing career. So that also matters a great deal. Uh, from Adam Schefter, Patriots were able to forego the standard NFL hiring process and immediately hire Mayo because they established a succession plan in the contract extension he signed last offseason. That is part of the rooting rule. So everything is on the up and up as far as that's concerned. At the same time, though, no matter if it was Gerard Mayo or they decided to hire someone outside of the building uh, as of this moment, like a Mike Vrabel or someone like that, it is going to be mighty, mighty tough to follow in the footsteps of Bill Belichick, not just because Mm -hmm. of all the championships he's won, but you just look at the history of the league Anybody who ever has to follow the guy, not only are the expectations super high, but it's just the luck factor, right? Like, it's with drafting players or making any other personnel decision in the NFL, there is some luck involved. And if you got really lucky with the previous hire, and we didn't know Bill Belichick back in 2000 was going to turn into this, we had no idea this was going to happen. We thought the page, okay, might be a good hire, but this was insane. This is the best coach of all time. But it is really hard to be able to say, okay, Gerard Mayo is going to be the next guy just because Robert Kraft is that much of a genius. This is a tough, tough decision to make. And there's a lot of luck involved as well.
2: Yeah, it's tough for Kraft to even come close to meeting expectations because what are they saying this morning? Maybe he hits a home run again. Well, it's hard to go two for two like that. Like, okay, yes. I, I hit the all-time guy. You know, for two and a half decades, I got the all-time guy. And so now what's the expectation from the fan base? Yeah, of the eight openings, there are a couple scenarios where it's going to be difficult. Of course, New England on a level all by themselves, but the next guy for Seattle, that's going to be difficult to uh, to match Pete Carroll. That's the guy you're going to be compared to. And, you know, the way they exceeded expectations year after year, excluding this season, I would say it's going to be tough to follow Vrabel because... That in Titans land, okay, you've got an upgrade. You had to get rid of them. You better upgrade. That's tough to do, especially if you're someone like me who thinks he's, you know, a top five, certainly top eight coach in this league. But yeah, there are a couple of spots where that's a situation. And I wonder if uh, some of these candidates, if they're considering that, would they rather go to a spot where there isn't as much pressure, or do they want that pressure following? really good coaches where, you know, the culture is solid. A lot of positives and negatives to weigh.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. The pressure, the luck hitting on a new quarterback. And then also we were talking about the trend with like defensive coaches. And maybe this is, we're heading in the defensive league again, you know, it was Mm -hmm. offense, Uh offense, offense. And now things, at least this season seem to have gone the other way, but certainly they, they're going to have a good draft pick. Hopefully they hit on that. Uh, But a lot of holes to fill on that Patriots team in a very competitive division for sure.
1: Gerard Mayo, the defense is already for the most part taken care of, but they've, gotta nail the quarterback. They've gotta be able to get that right, and certainly having someone who's already been in the building and trying to make this a seamless transition from Belichick to Mayo, certainly that should help, and you can get a head start as far as the the drafting process is concerned, but if they don't get the quarterback position right, then Gerard Mayo is not going to be the head coach for the Patriots very long. That is priority number one, and that's probably Mm -hmm. what will be worked upon the next few months more than anything else, but hey, look, hits a home run there, then Gerard Mayo really does have a chance to follow in the footsteps of Bill Belichick and be in his own right, a successful head coach. So how about we move on now to another conversation that's a little bit more immediate. And that is this idea of betting into the Super Bowl MVP market. And as you would expect with any kind of honor as such, Quarterbacks will reign supreme. Quarterbacks will also have the shortest odds. So what we're going to do is talk about players who aren't quarterbacks and figure out, okay, where can we find some value? Because not every year a quarterback wins this honor. Sometimes it's wide receivers, sometimes it's an edge rusher. So Joe, when you're looking at this market, where do you find value?
2: Yeah, I mean, the books are smart. You're not going to get that much value uh, going with the quarterback, anyways. Yes, I understand. Five of the last seven are quarterbacks. But when you look at that list, it's a couple times it was Brady, a couple times it was Mahomes. Like those guys are not going to win a Super Bowl and they're going to pass them up very often, right? Uh, Foles won one, but that was just an unbelievable game where it was going back and forth. So we've seen a couple receivers win it in recent seasons, like Cup. And Edelman. So you certainly want to think about that. Um, Defenders, like some of those edge rushers, have been popular bets over the years. But it's also been eight years since we've seen one win the award. The last time was Von Miller. Uh, Before that, it was Malcolm Smith, another linebacker. I was thinking about running backs in these spots. And I was actually surprised to see. I know it's been a while, but I was surprised how long it's been. It's been 26 years since we've seen a running Woo! back win this award. 26 Jake years. Jake was a baby. The last time, <laughs> TD. Was he even alive?
0: I know, probably not. He had to be.
2: He had to be. A glimmer in uh, Jackie's eye? <laughs> Terrell Davis. Like, that's how long we have to go back. Wow. I found that shocking. But there are some scenarios where I, I think a running back could win. So the first thing I did looking for value is, all right, which teams am I going to target? I picked a team in the AFC, a team in the NFC that I'm going to target, um, looking at some numbers and, uh, aside from the quarterback. So, of course, in the AFC side, I looked at Buffalo. So the gap between Super Bowl and Josh Allen is plus 650 for the Super Bowl, plus 800 for uh, for Allen. So, like, yeah, there's no value there. And the, I mentioned this the other day in our futures draft. I'm looking at James Cook. You can find him at 125-1. to 1. They've leaned on the run game a little bit more. Maybe you get some matchups. Oh, I don't know. Like maybe next week against the Chiefs where Cook goes off and people are thinking about him, and that's in the bloodstream talking about how much they're running the ball. Uh, He certainly popped to me. And another name that I was looking for, and I didn't find odds posted, guys. Uh, And another Bills player. So that would mean once it's finally posted, we're going to get a really good number. as a long shot, I was thinking about Russell Douglas. Since being Ooh. traded to the Bills, he has two two interception games. I know they're against bad quarterbacks, but maybe he could do that. Um there's another team that I targeted, but I'll let you guys throw some names out there.
0: Uh so I also went back and looked at the history in the last 14 Super Bowls, only four non-quarterbacks have won. So I, I do think maybe we're due because it has been a while, but uh, Cooper Cup was the last one, obviously. Then Edelman, Von Miller, Malcolm Smith. It doesn't happen often. I love the James Cook look. I really don't have one. I don't think I would bet it. Um, I think a quarterback will probably win it, and this just isn't something I have a lot of interest in, Ed.
1: So I have a theory, and I want to workshop it with you guys. So when it comes to deciphering when a quarterback is almost certainly going to win versus when the door can be open for somebody else. Like last year with Pat Mahomes, like, he's Pat Mahomes. He's the GOAT. Like, of course he's going to win Super Bowl MVP. Like that's And the offense is centered around him, all that stuff. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't really entertain the idea of anybody else winning it. But I do wonder if, say, you have more of a statuesque, Quarterback, not someone who is mobile. Does that open the door up for someone else to win it, like a wide receiver or a defender, or like for instance, I'm looking at the Baltimore Ravens. Could anybody other than Lamar Jackson win Super Bowl MVP? I think the answer is no. Everything revolves around him. His reputation is beyond solid right now, and I would not entertain anybody (laughs) else. However, if I'm looking at say you know, the San Francisco 49ers. Here Brock Purdy yes. doesn't run around all that much. And there's so many mm-hmm. skill position players. Like, I threw out the idea of Christian McCaffrey earlier this week at 10 to 1. Love that look. Uh, to be honest, Joe, he's the only running back I'm really taking seriously as far as this market is concerned. But mm-hmm. I do wonder if your quarterback is not mobile and the world doesn't revolve around him, maybe those are the teams to focus on as far as other players possibly winning the center. Like, for the Bills, I think it is Josh Allen or nobody else, just because everything revolves around him. But maybe there are other teams where that door can be open.
2: That That's where I have uh, even more you know, options that I'm taking a look at. I had the same thought process, maybe for different reasons. I was thinking about the voters. What did we spend yeah. all season talking about? That they don't want to give it to Brock Purdy. And in the end, they're not going to give it to Brock Purdy. They're going to give it to Lamar Jackson. We all understand this. So in a Super Bowl, let's say San Francisco wins. I've heard people make the argument, oh, look, there's some good value. There's a gap between Brock Purdy and then San Francisco. I don't think they're going to give it to Brock Purdy. I don't think this Mm -hmm. is a Nick Foles situation at all. So I I will look at other options. I I also wrote down Christian McCaffrey at 10-1, to and then I wrote down a bunch of bums. What about Nick Bosa? If you look at that defense, it's been beat up throughout the year. If a defensive player is going to win it, a guy that's established like that maybe like von Miller was eight years ago, he could just go nuts, take over a game, and win the award. He's 80 to one. you know I love
0: re- that look that's a great yeah. idea
2: mm-hmm. the the receivers that have won this have been volume guys, um, guys that are you know close to or over a hundred yards. touchdowns could come into play. But could be Ayuk. Ayuk is a hundred to one. He's had a bunch of one hundred yard games this season. And then if another scenario, uh, just a complete bomb, would be okay. If McCaffrey's not getting all the touchdowns and they're going to one place, who's the guy? Kittle. Like Kittle could have a three touchdown game. He's had three touchdown games this year. Kittle's three, uh, rather two hundred to one. So. I think that's, that's where I would look with San Francisco because that's the one quarterback where I, I think the voters will look to go elsewhere. We're going to have that conversation again. They're the favorite to win the Super Bowl,
0: so I think you can find value there. I'm totally with you because you could make a case on both sides of the ball <laughs> for the Niners where you could see it a situation where, you know, maybe the offense is struggling for whatever reason, and it is a defensive player, or with so many weapons, so many places to choose. almost want to sprinkle them all, but Purdy.
1: <laughs> right. No, I think that's fair. It, it could go to to a number of different guys for the 49ers. If you feel like they're going to win, that, to me, is a better play in terms of maximum payout. I do like that a lot. Real quickly, I know you guys like to make fun of me for the Dallas Cowboys, but... I think that's a team oh. where CD Lamb could take over. Micah Parsons could win that honor. He's got a, some massive odds, eighty to one, in fact. So that would be a look too. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the latest on the injury front and our final picks for Saturday's action. Daily
3: presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
1: Welcome back to Becky Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's go ahead and look at Saturday's Super Wild Card weekend action. And let's start with the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Right now, Kansas City's a four-and-a-half point favorite at BetMGM with a total of 43 On the injury front, yes, Raheem Mostert is limited, uh, questionable, but it looks like he is going to play. Uh, As far as Miami's defensive backs, we talked about this yesterday. Howard is out, but the safeties, Holland and Elliott, are questionable. Looks like they're trending toward playing, so definitely good news as far as the Dolphins are concerned. But, Joe, what are you thinking about with this game?
2: Yeah, I mean, the big thing I'm thinking about is the health of some of the offensive weapons on the Dolphins' side. Like, we understand all the players that they're going to be missing on defense, But based on what we know and them being made questionable, Mostert and Waddell, I think they're playing. They were getting limited practices in, and they put them as questionable. I think they're going to be out there. We always talk about how the Chiefs can't stop the run, just to put that into context a little bit, just how bad they are. Um, This year, Rush EPA on defense, they're 28th in the league. And run-stop-win rate, they are dead last in the NFL. So that's why everyone talks about, okay, what's the path to a Dolphins victory? It's running the football. And while you're able to run the football, you are limiting possessions for Mahomes. That used to be a big talking point in previous seasons. Not as big this season because the Chiefs' offense have had a lot of issues um, themselves. We know about the experience. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, you're the Chiefs. They've they played in five straight AFC championships, and they're at home. Um, they've dealt with the elements before, but are they built to win in this weather? I don't know about that. I mean, the real feel they're saying negative 20, negative 25. That's not going to be fun for anyone, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that you're doing what you can to well. prepare for that, but I don't know how you get ready for that. So – if we're talking about the stronger run game, which is what I'm expecting in this matchup, it's going to be tough for special teams. Like, Are, are you going to go for field goals like you normally would in, in this sort of scenario? I'm not sure. Um, sustained wins is going to be a deal. Uh, the gusts, not as bad as the Buffalo game that we'll talk about coming up. But we've seen the mm-hmm. Dolphins. Hang with this team again and again, whether it was earlier this year in the regular season when they stopped the Chiefs from scoring in the second half or we go back to last year's playoff matchup. It's tough, Aaron, because, you know, it's hard to look past, you know, when the Dolphins play top teams, they haven't been all that competitive. That's difficult. And it's like you're beating up on some of the bad teams in the league. But the number matters. Since we're past a field goal and I you know way past the field goal, I only see this going in one direction. I everything I hear is Chiefs Chiefs Chiefs, I'm on the dolphins.
0: yeah, this is one where I don't have a strong opinion on the side. like I could see a situation where the Chiefs win by ten or it's a close game, so I'll probably pass I am interested in some props. One guy who really uh popped to me. Went to smu ed and i'm thinking could yes. rasheed rice have a big game we yeah. saw him go off and i think in the last six weeks his production is there he seems to be one of pat mahomes favorite targets now i could see a situation where we're seeing a lot of short passes i think his longest reception was like over 70 yards recently i don't know if i expect that in this weather but uh maybe over receptions five and a half uh maybe even over his receiving prop i think pat mahomes could be looking to him and if there's any quarterback that i trust in this cold weather i still think mahomes could have a day and you look at all the injuries that the Dolphins are suffering. you got the cold weather factor. you got going up against good teams. Do the Chiefs count as a good team? I think that is up for debate right now. Yeah. I, this Chiefs team <laughs> is not very good. So that's why the I could see it being close. I could also see the Chiefs just pulling away in this one, too. I, I really don't know how this one's going to play out. We talked about some props yesterday with Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, and I think Rasheed Rice is a good look, too, Ed.
1: Couldn't agree more, Aaron. Couldn't agree more for a variety of reasons. The pedigree Shocking. is certainly better than any other player in the National Football League, so that matters a great deal. Uh, probably one of the more trusted what? targets for Pat Mahomes at this rate. out of here. I mean, goodness this gracious. You know, that's something, too. Uh, question for the group. Because Those Texas guys are weather, soft when
2: you get to this weather. Yeah, talk about the weather. Texas guy, I don't know. They shut everything down. If there's like an inch of
1: snow. Eh, I don't know oh, they still go out there and play. Don't you worry. They, they may yeah, not indoors. have running water in the moment. You know, it, the there's a reason they're indoors down in the state, but they'll be just <laughs> fine. Don't you worry about a good old Texans guys. Okay. Right. Question for you guys, because I know this has been bandied about all week long. Well, the Dolphins just need to run the football. And they'll stay in this game, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think so. I think the way the Dolphins stay in this game is with the screen passes. And they do a lot of it. And you look at the Chiefs' defense, there are a lot of reasons why we have wax poetic about all the great young defenders and DBs and all that stuff. And certainly they're solid. But I do wonder if Miami throwing screen passes – that may be the approach as to how they keep this game close. And this matters a great deal because you look at Tyree kill at 82 and a half receiving yards. Your first mm-hmm. instinct might be, Oh, wow. The weather is terrible. How could he possibly get to that mark? Well, he gets to that mark with screen passes, like just little deeks and dunks, you know, three, five yards, but then yards after catch, that's how they do it. The Chiefs rank 31st in EPA per play against screens, and I do wonder if we're focusing way too much on the weather and not enough on what the Dolphins are able to do to the point where Hill can reach this number, and maybe there's a good argument to be made for him going over.
2: You know, so much has been made about Tua and the weather, that side of it, but I think you're right. Okay, so with the weather, it's it's all it all correlates, right? Whether we're talking about the short passing game or the run game. Some teams use the short passing game as their run game. It's talked about because that's the weakness of Kansas City's defense. That's it. And it also happens to be a strength on the Miami side. That's why I think we're just going a little bit too far with the weather stuff and Tua uh, and you know, and all that, and maybe the, the injuries on defense a little bit. The cluster injury situation is worrisome, but I do have some trust in Vic Fangio. He knows he's going to have to change how he he approaches this game. But I, I think I think you're right. That is another way uh, for Miami to take advantage. Another reason I believe they hang around.
0: Man. I kind of hope they do um, just because the chiefs have been dominant for so long. But again, I, I don't think I have a, I'll i have a play on the side here. Is
2: this, is this closing four and a half? We've been here for a couple of days now. I would guess not, but where's it going? So,
1: sort of. Sort of dipping with, uh, you know, five every like every nanosecond. It seems like I wouldn't be surprised if it gets closer to that number, just because as the public starts to jump on in, say, like later today and tomorrow, I assume mm-hmm. they would be backing the Chiefs, right? Just because they remember yeah, what happened actually. last weekend, bit of a free fall. Casey, like it always seems like they flip the switch as far as what they can do, you know, sort of in the postseason. So I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to five. So maybe the best plan is to wait. And then Mm -hmm. back the Dolphins, assuming that it's going to go in that direction. Is that kind of what you're thinking, Joe?
2: That's what I've been doing. I've been waiting for it to jump now. We've been sticking here at four and a half. Yeah, I don't – I think you're right that – We'll get even more. So it sounded like early in the week that the sharp money is on the Kansas City side. It seems like the public mm-hmm. money is going to be on that same side. I, I would agree with that. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to bet right before the game starts. And they're just going to see that weather. And they're going to see bundled up Tua. And they're going to back Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid at home in that raucous atmosphere. So, yeah, I, I see five. I think, I think six is asking too much if you're
1: waiting for that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it gets there. Sure. Uh, five words or less from each of you. Can the Dolphins win this thing outright?
0: Oh, man. Absolutely. They can win. Yes. My boyfriend. Let's go. <laughs> you
1: went you're picking against them <laughs> you you know that is fine like so she did fulfill the assignment oh, okay so 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 well done there yeah all right uh moving on now to the browns and the texans uh this has been at two and a half for a while but now it is at browns minus two with a total of 44 and a half Denzel Ward questionable. Boy, he would be a huge absence if he's not available for the Browns. Uh, Grant Delpit, uh, Dustin Hopkins, Cedric Tillman are all out. Delpit would have been nice to include. They've worked without him for a bit. Amari Cooper is back for the Browns. That is big. That number one target for Joe Flacco, oh my Mm -hmm. goodness, this passing game needs him. Uh, For Houston, Will Anderson questionable. So is Noah Brown and Robert Woods. So with all of that being said, Joe, what do you like here?
2: This battle's interesting going on. So much Cleveland uh, money flooding the market early on, and then now we're ticking back the other way. Now people are saying, you know what, there's a little bit of value on Houston. Uh, the side is not where I'm going. It is a lot of fascinating uh, angles as far as that goes. I mean, we just saw this game, but it didn't have Stroud, and then the numbers not that far off from where we were because that that closed Cleveland minus three and a half without Stroud. Um, the, the Browns defense, do you Do you think that's going to be an issue because they're on the road? As crazy as that sounds, and they're far and away the best defense in the NFL, but, you know, those road splits, not looking great. But lately, this Texans run defense has been really strong. But how much are they going to run? Because with Flacco, they've been slinging it. I I think it's really interesting. Um, One thing that I keep going back to is the Texans haven't played prolific offenses like there are only a couple of spots where you're like okay they faced a top 10 quarterback this year uh week 1 was against Lamar middle of the season before the injury against Burrow and we know it's not the same Burrow and honestly one of the better quarterbacks they faced was Flacco a few weeks ago and they end up giving giving up 36 points in that game i i see scoring we're not worried about the weather in this spot. We're looking at two offenses that are going to push it down the field at 44.5. Fine. I agree with the move through the 44. I'm going over.
0: Hmm. I like it. I've liked the Texans all week, so I'm not going to change my mind, but I really do feel like it comes down to Joe Flacco. The veteran experience, I think, does matter come playoff time. But uh, when you look at the Texans, every time people doubt C.J. Stroud and this young Texans team, even their head coach, like they step up to the occasion. They step up to the occasion. So I'm going to say that continues here. Um, I like the Texans. I'm glad we're not dealing with weather here But I'm going to stick to it with the Texans plus two and a half.
1: This does feel like a double-edged sword when it comes to Joe Flacco, because on the one hand, I really think this is a favorable matchup for him. One of the things he likes to do, uses the intermediate parts of the field, 10 to 19 air yards, play action, all that stuff is fine. But he's also comfortable targeting those outside throws, outside the numbers. That's where Amari Cooper and David Njoku can really shine in this offense. So can the Texans be able to defend the boundaries? Well, guess what? They have the fifth-worst defensive success rate there at close to 50%. So on the one hand, Those outside throws should be there, and it should be good for Joe Flacco. Yet, on the other hand, we've also seen in this small sample size a lot of turnover-worthy throws that have ultimately led to interceptions. I get that minus 175 to throw a pick doesn't offer that much hashtag value, but I do think that it is fairly likely to accept that. And with C.J. Stroud, you don't want to give him too many short fields because I do believe in this rookie quarterback. So this is something where – There are a lot of conflicting forces when it comes to Joe Flacco, what the Texans defense can do, et cetera, et cetera. And at that point, I just want to take the points. My model had this at Browns minus one. I'm still going to stick to that. Still going to back the Mm. Texans just because there are so many different things where this could be a really even game, Mm. Joe.
2: Yeah, guys. I'm that's where I'm looking at props. A couple of the names that you just mentioned: Cooper's number receiving yards is 73 and a half. And Joku, we've seen what he's done since Flacco's taken over the reins. 54 and a half. It still seems like uh, a bit of value there, especially how the Texans have struggled against tight ends this season. So, but like everything, I'm making an argument for points to, to scoring. So I'll, I'll be, like I said, on the on the over.
0: Texans money line, anyone? I feel like yeah. with a shorter spread like this, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans went outright.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. mm, at this number, I'm not playing a side. God, you now Cleveland at two. If it gets back to like, I mean, at two, I'm thinking about yeah. it, but I just I'm more on right. the on the scoring.
1: Mm-hmm. Just expecting Gosh, it for see- sure.
0: CJ Stroud is gonna be tough against this Browns defense, but uh over one and a half touch touchdown passes plus one thirty is definitely intriguing.
1: Yeah. Love to see that you know for one's... the rookie. You know, it's something else, too, where the Browns love to play a lot of single high, and that's probably C.J. Stroud's biggest weakness is single high, which seems weird because of all of these explosive plays that they've had. But when you start to lose key receivers, at some point that does catch up to you. So, again, it goes to those conflicting forces to where – I can't bet on the total, but I do think the Texans can keep this close. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we move on to Sunday's games, beginning with the Steelers and the Bills, coming up on the BetQL Network.
3: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
1: Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by Ben MGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Now it's time to get to Sunday, and we'll begin with the Steelers and the Bills. Right now, the Bills are 10 point favorites. This total has absolutely plummeted to 35 and a half, And as we look at the BetQL Daily Doppler radar, the temperature will be around, say, 20 degrees. Uh, sustained winds. 15 miles per hour, which is impactful, especially if there are gusts up to 25 to 30 miles per hour. I suppose the possibility of snow may still very well be out there. In other words, sub zero winds. So, Joe, which team will be suffering a fatality in this one?
2: Man, I'm looking outside during the break and I'm thinking there's no way. I'm going, going outside as I see some people try to uh, shovel out their driveways, and it's going to be a lot worse in Buffalo. Like, there are also some reports that, you know, there's a possibility that during the time of this game, it could be a foot or two, foot or two of snow. Like, mm-hmm. Now I, It just happened so late. Like, we expected the cold. We expected the winds. But the possibility of the amount of snow, it's way too late. But I, I'm starting to hear people talk about should they – change where this game's played. But, I mean, now we're here. Like, Sunday Sunday first game, I don't see how, how that ends up happening. Yeah, the sustain wins 20, 30 to 40 with Gus. Early in the week, it was 50. That's why the under was getting smashed so much, and and now we're sitting here in the mid-30s. I This is the one game it, it's been challenging for me because, first off, I, I don't believe there's a scenario where the Steelers end up winning this game But the the rule is when you have a massive favorite like you do with the Bills in such a low total, you just take the dog. You take the dog plus 10. Also having a tough time doing that. Now on the Buffalo side, I can't because Josh Allen has 18 interceptions on the year, and when we're talking about laying 10 in awful conditions, like, jeez, man. It's going to be tough to, to cover the ten if he's going to turn the football over like he do, seems to do every week. I'll tell you what; there's no way in hell I'm backing Mason Rudolph in this spot. So that that's why I've really had some challenges. Like if you're making me do something, if you're making me do something, I also you have to look at TJ Watt and the record without him and how their defense is second worst DVOA without Watt. As long as the the reports stay with what where they're at, I'd, I'd still play the under. Still play the under in
0: this game. Yeah, and with that, I'm just surprised Stephon Diggs receiving 63 and a half. That seems high to me with this type of weather. Too high. I might look. Yeah, And he's not even involved
2: in the offense all that much. Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of high?
0: Even if this was played in Houston, that seems high to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just kind of confused how that. I I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here. I I do real quick. I I love as a fan, the aesthetic for the snow and just seeing how this is going to look, but things can change, you know, know. and both these teams are so good at running the ball that maybe the weather won't be so much of a big deal, but under on receiving for Stefan Diggs seems like a play to me, Ed.
1: I think one of the reasons might be Gabe Davis's status. Uh, he's likely out in this one, and then you're looking at, say, Khalil Shakur. Uh, the unheralded receiver who's actually played really well. Uh, yes, maybe he's he the only other like quasi-deep targets. So, like, if they are going to air it out beyond, say, 10 air yards, who are they going to throw to? It's going to be Diggs or probably nobody else just because it's going to the tight ends. It's going to the running backs a little bit more. James Cook, you know, probably one of the underrated aspects is his pass catching. But it seems to me like if they are going to throw intermediate or deep at all, despite the conditions, it's going to go to Stefan Diggs. And so I think that probably explains the way where his number is. I'm certainly not touching it, Aaron, but mm-hmm. at least I understand the rationale for it.
0: I mean, won't it go to the tight ends though? Like Dalton Kincaid and stuff like that, more than receivers. So play- playoff scenario? time playoff
2: time, do you think Knox gets involved more?
0: Yeah. He's sure. questionable, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I think he played did he play last
2: week? But yeah, I possibly. Know. Yeah, I, I
1: expect him to be out not- there.
2: The right. the other the other injury that I was concerned about earlier in the week, but you know, given the situation, not as worried about Russell Douglas didn't practice again yesterday due to the knee injury. But if he's not out there, it's not the worst thing in the world. If he's able to get healthy for them <laughs> later in the playoffs, like how much is Mason Rudolph going to pass it? You know, even if they're playing <laughs> from behind, is Tomlin just going to let Mason Rudolph just lose the game outright with a few interceptions in these conditions? I highly doubt it.
0: Well, that makes me look at another tight end, the Muth, Mm -hmm. Pat Fryer Muth. (laughs) He (laughs) might be getting some short passes coming his way as well. I might look over on him because I don't trust uh, Mason Rudolph a whole lot in this situation. Obviously, Najee will probably get a lot of action, but I could see some short passes to Pat Fryer Muth.
1: I actually wanted to sort of give Mason Rudolph his flowers for just a bit. Like, this is more of the, like, John Lennon, hey, I wrote some lyrics, let me put them on the refrigerator kind of complimentary approach. Like, I'm not saying he's a great quarterback, but in terms of avoiding sacks, not having too many turnover-worthy throws, he's been really good at that. Like, if you're talking about a managerial-type quarterback – I do think he kind of fits that description. Like, is he going to go deep to George Pickens? No. Don't expect anything consistent as far as that's concerned. But is he going to turn the ball over? Is he going to make massive mistakes? I'm not sure he will in this game. I don't necessarily think Josh Allen's going to be working with a ton of short fields to where he's going to be able to pull away and turn this into some kind of a blowout. Maybe it's one of the reasons why this is a hold your nose and back the Steelers kind of side. If you are going to take one, certainly with Mm -hmm. the conditions going under, I like that play a lot, Joe especially if Rudolph is not going to making the not going to be making those kinds of mistakes to where Josh Allen could just capitalize immediately this is going to be a slog fest if nothing else
2: what do you guys think about James Cook over 15 and a half rush attempts he's gonna get the majority of How the much work. Of the
1: workload is he gonna get
0: I like that yeah
2: I would think so fournette got a little bit last week but you know, that but, really, it, but it's playoff, it was,
1: Like, we, we yeah, got to keep the money, don't we? People are going to bet any anytime
2: time touchdown for him, right? People yeah. are going to bet that. So honestly, plus 650 for any anytime touchdown. Yeah.
0: His game mm-hmm. log, James Cook, I mean, he could – you said it's 15 and a half? That's crazy. 15 and a,
2: well, given the elements, and they've been running the ball more – and they're a ten-point favorite, so we expect them to play from out in front. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like a lot of things set up for Cook. Mm-hmm. You want Josh Allen know. throwing it in these conditions? I don't think McDermott or wants running that. it all over. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, he yeah. could be running
3: it for sure. No, I'm saying, don't you think? Especially with a lead, it's just handle. We're not getting it's an not out worth running it. game. Right. Like uh, so his number is yeah. 40 and a half which is again maybe early he does. It does turn into like Allen running for some first downs and keeping drives alive so it's a little tough to go under 40 and a half on the ground for him. That's um, been going down too. But We're I, at 36 and a half now at MGM. Yeah. Um one other one to throw out and it's it's a it's a dart throw and I want a better number. There's one number posted right now. No field goal. With the crosswinds, yeah. wins, I'm seeing just up yeah. to 65 is 30 to one. I want a better number, but like, look, if you're, if they get down to like the five or 10 and Tomlin decides to kick, you're kind of screwed. But
1: yeah, is that worth a bet? Mike Tomlin makes me think the answer is yes. Just by his conservatism with Mason. Like, it's not so much, okay, he's mastered the whole fourth down decision-making thing. Sometimes it's more about personnel than anything else. And I wouldn't be surprised, like, a fourth and goal from the ten. Or a fourth and four from the 15, something like that. Like, is he going to believe in Najee Harris in that situation? I don't think so. Much as they love the rushing attack, I think if that distance is a little too long, regardless of whatever wins are out there, I do think they will probably opt for the field goal in that spot. So I, I would have some concerns there by his mere presence. I get the conditions would be favorable for not kicking, but... I mean, it's wins, right? Like, at some point, it may just stop altogether or be something that kickers can adjust to.
3: Or like Dermot's conservative, perfect too. time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Well, the other at, thing with, with that...
2: At, at that number, though, like, we're not talking... You're, you're getting such great value. It might be worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. Changing, like, like, I, I think anything longer, than, like, ball.
3: anything longer than 20, 25, like... You're that wind is going to mess with you i think could definitely blow some kicks sideways one other thing with the uh wind do we want to like not so much yards it's such a low number on Rudolph at 155 and a half but whether yeah. it's attempts or completions or as long as pass under 28 and a half is there are there any unders to be had there attempts 26 and a half that seems a little high for this game um i guess if they're in a comeback scenario in the second half it's a little bit tougher that's it. Completions. Yeah. 16 and a half. I don't think yeah. I'd go there. That's kind of, that's, she should be able to get there. I think completions would be the play, if anything, or the longest pass. Although dumps it off to Warren, makes some moves and all of a sudden, yeah. he gets, you know, 30 yard catch what, and run.
0: What is the, the prop, the total for, for Rudolph longest pass? 28 and
3: a half. 28 and there,
2: a
0: half. There,
2: there is some silliness going on in Pittsburgh.
0: Pittsburgh Tribune <laughs> Review
2: headline. Mike Tomlin continues to disrespect Steelers Savior, Mason Rudolph.
1: Dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> Steeler's savior? That's what he that's what that the is, headline says. Wow. It's a dumb Don't throw those piece. terms around, willy-nilly. That's what it's. Second
3: says. worst that's headline I've seen really. this morning. Maybe uh, it's it's close. The other one is would Brian Dayball turn to Matt Patricia and try and sell him as the Giants' next defensive coordinator? It's like, oh my what? God. This team just lit I you do. up. Or your team that you're pitching him for just lit up that defense,
1: and it's been an absolute, absolute disaster. What are we doing Paul, here? Paul, you're giving me a migraine sharing these things. Like, please stop. Well, this, this hurts. <laughs> this hurts my head. Jeez. I
3: have to suffer. You me have me to ad. suffer.
1: Uh... No, I don't. This is Becky Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, John Daigle makes his weekly appearance to share his favorite prop plays for Super Wild Card Weekend. That's coming up on the Beck Network.